Good morning, afternoon, or evening. This is Joseph Talada here with the first episode of This I Believe, a podcast series that I am starting based off of a series of belief statements that I wrote down. <laughs> uh, I'd like to start this episode off with a piece of literature I wrote about, um, I'd say about a good year ago. I found the premise of this rather interesting the context behind it even more so. It details an experience I had while visiting my old elementary school that had shut down the year after I had finished kindergarten. I had uh, sort of awoken something within me um, and gave me a new perspective on the situation that I was too young to understand at the time. Without further ado, I present to you my experience at Litchfield Elementary. Christmas Eve 2016. After a rather lengthy visit to my father's, my mother was coming to pick us up. We had exchanged hugs with our father, waving to him as we trotted down the hill to our mother's car. We had all piled in, and I was keen to notice that my stepfather's kids are with us, but my stepfather wasn't in the car. Before I could ask my mother why, she began to explain. We gotta go pick up Robert. I left him over at the school before I came here. At the time, this seemed fairly normal. Mom had dropped him off at the abandoned Litchfield Elementary to avoid the awkwardness of her past and present husbands being in the same room. Then again, it was very cold that day. I couldn't help but wonder whether or not the poor guy was freezing out there waiting on that rusted park bench on the desolate campus. After explanation and a small bit of chatter, my mother started up the car and we drove off. Thankfully, the school wasn't far. It was just down the road. I gazed out the window at the passing snow-covered branches, marveled by their seasonal outfits of ice. As per usual, my mother was talking about how my father was going to move out soon. This spring, or sometime this summer, she confidently proclaimed, obviously having no idea that she'd en he'd end up moving a full two years after the fact. Looking back on it, it seemed kind of strange how she'd always talk about my father moving out of his old house, almost like it was a last prayer that she had given him, a hope for a better future beyond the conflict they'd suffered. As we continued down the road, we jumped from topic to topic, specifically about Aunt Mary's party and how it would be the last time we were attending because of what happened on that faithful day of November 9th, just another childhood tradition dying out because of the government much like the very school that we were visiting. Speaking of which, we had arrived by the time things had began to wind down. I was rather hesitant to step out of the car at this point, thinking to myself that Robert would simply come back to the car, but no. Instead, my entire family first noticed that Robert was gone, nowhere to be seen. Even I was curious as to where he'd gone. So we all stepped out of the car to investigate. As we did, my sisters immediately began to point out a light that had flashed from within the building. Is there someone there? My sister asked. My mother had already began to approach. I was focusing more on the light alongside my sisters, pointing and asking questions as her mother took it upon herself to investigate. As we continued, my mother calls, us, calls to us all. It's Robert, she said, my stepfather poking his head out of the door. The door led into the school, housing a working mower and quite a few necessities for automotive maintenance. 
The school had a storage garage built into it. We hesitantly step into the school as to glance upon the destruction. The first room wasn't exactly interesting. Just a few discarded paint cans and some garbage on the shelves. The ground was water damaged. Small holes in the concrete filled with water said as much. Um, as we entered the halls, it was almost as if I had been thrown through time. Memories flooded my mind. I was shocked to find mostly everything intact. Pencils, books, even computers. I found a disc as we walked in. It was unlabeled, but untouched for at least six years. I got home and tried to see what was on it. Turns out it was nothing, just a bleak reminder of what was lost. Now, one might ponder what this experience taught me. Rest assured, I'm here to elaborate. The sheer emptiness of that school was a bit horrifying to me. It made me think about how exactly the place shut down, especially since it was pretty, a pretty unifying building to the community. I did some digging, and it turns out it was due to a lack of funding. They weren't paying teachers enough, and the funds that they were receiving from the state weren't enough to keep it afloat. It kind of scared me, in a way. If that could happen to Litchfield, who's to say it couldn't happen to any other school? Who decides that? Well, the Department of Education does, and over the years has been receiving less funding, and is even cutting funding to different programs to make up for the lack of money going to other areas. It was rather perplexing. Where was all the money going? Well, towards military spending. We now spend $700 billion on military resources alone. That's more funding to all the current U.S. agencies combined. It is for this reason that I believe that government spending should be put towards our kids and generations after them. So maybe then we can stop fighting endless wars, but start fighting for the betterment of our nation and its future citizens. I have a quote here from Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders that expresses my feelings in a much more, let's just say, organized way. Let us wage a moral and political war against war itself so that we can cut military spending and use that money for human needs. Thank you for attending. This was episode one of Belief Statements.